Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the Northern Tableland of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Wherever you are in Australia, we are so glad that you're tuning into Tableland Explorers today. I have Cassie with me today. Cassie, how are you going? Yeah, good. How are you, Luke? I'm going very well. Excited to be back here to um, do another Bible study and another show with you guys. Now, Cassie, you've brought a friend along with you today. Who have you brought along? Yes, I have brought a friend. Today we have Jess with us. Hi, guys. Hi, Jess. Now, how do you, how do you two know each other? Um, we know each other through church, actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you go to the same church? Yes. Yeah, Maxville. Maxville, awesome. Maxville made a bit of a presence at Campery this year. Did you guys go? Yes, yes. we did. So yes. good. What's it's what's that thing they normally say when Maxville shows up? Mighty, mighty Maxville. <laughs> Excellent. We heard that a lot during Campery. Yes, yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, so, Jess, so where are you? Are you living in Maxville? Um, no, I actually live um, at Stewart's Point Convention Centre, the big camp site. Ah, so those of you that have been at big camp, you will know where that is. So your mum and dad are the new uh, caretakers and they managers yes. there, aren't they? Yeah, they are. How are you enjoying living there? Oh, it's amazing. It's such yep. a great place to live. It is. We lived there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not exactly there, but in that area. It was really good. <laughs> now, going back to Camp Ree, girls, what was your favourite part about Camp Ree? Um, I definitely loved the night meetings. I think yep. they were just so well done and put together. Yeah, they were. They had the music and the drama and... The speaker was really good. Yeah. And um, that sunset that oh. happened always behind the stage. It was every night. amazing. Gorgeous. It was, wasn't it? We were on this plane down near Kosciuszko and it was just, yeah, beautiful colours in the sky. Yeah. So, what else did you girls enjoy about Camp Ring? Definitely the activities. Yeah. Absolutely were amazing. amazing. Yeah. Now, so much mud. <laughs> I'm guessing the mud was definitely a favourite part. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was the best. The showers weren't, though. The showers no. were, hey, they, those showers were a lot better than previous years. Oh, yeah, previous better than breeze. previous years. But definitely. you still get out of the mud and regret getting head-to-toe caked in mud and then having no shower. <laughs> yep. Yep. Did you just get a shower? Like, I mean, they set up, what was it, like 20 showers there for like mm. – 3,000 yeah. people. Um, yeah. We did get um, showers, but the lines are pretty big. I reckon that next camp they should do that many showers, but per sub-camp, per not sub-camp. just one. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so Dana set all that up and they kept them all this year, so hopefully mm. then they'll have money in the budget to buy another set. Mm. Um, yeah. It all comes down to, to money and everything like that, but yeah, no, it was a very good setup this year. Yeah, brilliant idea. Mm. Um, we, use, we use a lot of water yeah. Um, yeah. for all that. Now, I heard and saw that you girls gave the speaker a um, present at Camp Ree. Now, what did you give him? We gave him our club shirt, which he wore on stage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, bit of advertising. Yeah. Bit of advertising. <laughs> he was our speaker at the Junior Ten at Big Camp last year. So it was kind of cool to uh, meet up with him again and see him. And, yeah, Camp Ree was just an awesome time for – you girls and for the 3,000-plus pathfinders that were there yeah, yeah, um, and leaders. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Now, Jess, we always have a question that we always ask the new people that are on our show, okay. and we would like to share who your favorite Bible character is and why. Ooh, okay. Um, I'd have to say my favorite Bible character is probably Deborah. Deborah, okay. I just think she was so, like, strong and she, like, really – had a name for herself, like she was a warrior yeah. and prophetess, and she was just 
only female judge in the Bible is so cool. Yeah, she is. And, um, yeah, there was even a few – wasn't there a king that wouldn't go to battle without her? Yeah. You know, that. yeah. That was so many people to victory. It was amazing. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely a woman of God. And, um, yeah, mm. she was able to be led by God and she did a lot of good things. Mm, truly did. Yeah, and it's awesome to really look through the Bible and see how women are very prominent in the Bible. Like Some people don't think that. But there's a lot of stories and things, especially in the New Testament. I mean, Deborah's the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, there's a lot of women that Jesus supported and loved, and yeah. they became like real powerhouses for him. And mm. it's really encouragement for young women to know, hey, there's people, women in the Bible that did amazing, amazing things for Jesus. Yeah, I agree. I personally love the story of Mary Magdalene and how even though she was a sinner, Jesus loved her regardless, mm. just how he loves all of us. Yep. And that was the theme of Camp Re, which is treasured and how Jesus treasures every one of us. And that drama was based on Mary Magdalene, and yeah, it, was it was such a powerful drama. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was Saturday morning when they had the scene of Jesus carrying the cross. Um, yeah, that was so powerful and really brought it to oh, life, yeah. didn't it? It really was, yeah. And then on the Saturday night, they had the resurrection in the mm. drama. And I love how Mary Magdalene was the first one to see Jesus because mm, a lot of people struggle to believe the Bible because a woman saw Jesus first. But for me, that's more reason to believe it, because who would write a story where a woman goes and tells all these men that Jesus is risen? No one would believe her. Yeah, and that's a strength to the Scriptures, because if it wasn't true, then they would never, if they were trying to sell a lie, they would never have put a woman saw him first. Exactly. Yeah, they would have had one of the disciples, like Peter yeah. or someone mm. saw him first. So for them to write that shows that it actually happened, yeah, which is I really agree. cool. And, you know, that's just a miracle of the Bible of how things come together and to believe that, you know, 2,000 years ago these events happened and yeah, we have yeah. the evidence of it today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and speaking of miracles, did you guys hear about some of the miracles that happened at Camp Re with the weather? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. It was insane. Camp set up. There was one day where we got just washed out, right? It bucketed down, mm. flooded everything, um, stopped us working for just over half a day. We got a bit done in the morning. For the rest of the day, it was just done. Yeah, wow. You know the, that blue cooking tent the staff was in? Like, yeah. That almost collapsed oh, because wow. there was so much rain. Um, there was like 30 of us trying to pull all the water off it. It was nuts. But that was kind of like our testing point because then the next day that storm just sat on the edge of the campsite. Wow. Every day mm -hmm. we kept getting told to ready for the weather. And yeah. it just got to our campsite, went around and just kept going. Mm. Um, and it was just such a miracle to see where you're just watching this storm come at you and just go around you. Yeah. Now, yeah. one of your good friends, he had a weather app and I got told mm. that you can see the storm around the borders of the property, property. going yeah. around it. It's like, yeah. so amazing. It was, yeah, God really just showed up in a big way with with the weather. We got told, I think it was... One of the last days of Camp Re that we're supposed to get a huge big storm, hail mm. and everything. Yeah. And then we're just like, nah, it's not coming. And then just, we just went around us. Yeah, we got yeah. none of it. Yeah, we got amazing. none of it. It was great. Um, and yeah, God really looked out for us. And now, I mean, that was just one miracle at Camp Re. There was, I'm sure everyone has heaps and heaps of different um, stories about Camp Re. But Jess, you have your own, your own story. You made a very important decision at yeah, Camp Re. Um, would you like to share with everyone what that decision was? Yeah. Um, so on the Friday, I think it was, um, in our morning worships in our mm -hmm. subcamps, we had the opportunity to stand up if we wanted to get baptized. Yep. And then they asked people who wanted to get baptized this year to come out the front. 
And that was a big step for me. Like I'd been yep. thinking about it for ages, but just like publicly, like going in front of people and saying, yes, this is yeah. like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. was just, it was so amazing. And really, oh. God really gave me the strength to do that to do and the that. courage mm. to That's step out in awesome. front of all those people. And Yeah, it makes it a different decision when you have to step up and go up to the front somewhere. Mm. Like you can say in your heart, yes, I want to get baptized when someone gives you an appeal, but for you to step up and step in front of people to say, yep, that's what I'm going to do, that's really awesome and it's the best decision that you'll ever make. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely. awesome. So, Jess, tell us a little bit about the journey to get to this decision that you've been on. Well, I first started thinking about this decision a few years ago now mm-hmm. and a couple of my friends were getting baptised, but just the idea of sharing my testimony and doing it in front of everyone really freaked me out because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I really had one. Yep. Growing up in an Adventist home, I hadn't had any crazy turn to Jesus and yep. it was really hard to try and decide what I wanted to say. I don't know, it freaked me out. So I put it off and I was like, no, like I want something to happen before. But yep. I don't – now I've realized I don't need that massive turnaround. I can just yep. give my life to God even though I've always believed in him. Like, yep. Yeah, and just really – it's interesting, like, what you're saying there is because a lot of people have that, where they grow up in a Christian home, Jesus is always a part of their life. Yeah. Mm. So there's no real conversion experience, but there is a moment when it becomes our faith. Yeah. It's not mum and dad's faith anymore, it's our faith. Yeah, and definitely. And that's, that's our time, and, you know, you've sort of got through that and you've understood that, hey, no, this is for me now. Yeah, definitely. And so what was it about that morning that you went up you stood out the front. What happened for you to go, yep, I'm making this decision now? Um, I think it was definitely God knocking on my heart and calling me to do mm-hmm. it. He was like, I've always heard people talking about, like, you'll know when it's the right time. Yep. And just, I don't know, I just felt this pull or push almost to, like, just get up and do it. And I was yep. like, you know what? I'm going to do it. No, that is awesome. That is awesome. So proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> So we've been going through the Seekers of Prophecy uh, Bible Study Guides, and today we're on study guide number 17, Life After Death. Have you ever wondered what happens to us once we die? Is there life after death? Or, yeah, what happens when we die? We're going to answer those questions today. We're going to go through the Bible and see how the Bible describes death and what happens when we die, because death is a part of life, and we want to see what the Bible says about it. Do we need to be afraid of it? What's going to happen When we die, we're going to be going through that today. So if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can. You can text SOP17 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today, we are in study guide number 17, Life After Death. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Marlita Fong with Rise Again. Go ahead, drive the nails in my hands. Love at me where you stand. Go ahead and say it isn't me.
Welcome back to Table and Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now. And some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on the study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP17 with no spaces to 4 888 Our study is titled Life After Death. So before we start our Bible study day, we're going to just have a word of prayer. Cassie, would you like to pray for us, please? Yeah, sure. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that we could all be here together and have this study. Please be with our listeners and be with us here in the studio and send your Holy Spirit into our lives. Amen. 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 One of the great mysteries of life is death. What happens to people when they die? Where do they go? Is that the end of the journey or just the beginning? Are they completely dead or is there an inner soul that continues to live? You know what's interesting? Throughout the cultures of the world, the dead are buried in different ways. In the Western world, a coffin and an underground grave is a typical burial. The Buddhists of Tibet prefer a sky burial, where the dead are prayed for, then given over to devouring vultures. A visit to Cairo will show you the mummies of the pharaohs, and the great pyramids in which they were buried. Well, that's interesting. Have you guys heard of the Hindu open cremations on the Indian Ganges River? Here, the remains are ceremonially sprinkled into the flowing river. Archaeologists have discovered thousands of graves from ancient Persia, all buried in the cracks of a cliff face on a much-loved mountain of mercy, the Rahamant Mountain. The destination of the dead polarizes the world. In the Christian faith, many believe the soul goes straight to heaven, or maybe hell. Others believe in a place called purgatory, an area of spiritual cleansing prior to heaven. Limbo is a place for people who are not good enough for heaven, but not bad enough for hell. To some religions, the afterlife is spent in a place called paradise. For many in the world, there is simply no destination for the dead. Over half the world believes in reincarnation where the soul experiences successive lives on planet Earth. The form of that life can be either on a higher or lower plane. It depends on the moral quality of the current life. Interest in the supernatural is a feature of the 21st century. Many today recount a near-death experience, where they sense themselves leaving their body and entering a sphere of bright light and unexplainable beauty. High-rating television programs are demonstrating crossing over. There is live communication between the living and the dead. Disney movies, thousands of internet sites, best-selling books, and popular board games also feature open discussions with the dead. People see apparitions of the Virgin Mary all over the world. They feel she encourages them in their faith and gives messages of hope and peace to the world. More and more people are visiting mediums and spirit guides in the hope of getting in touch with much-loved relatives who have passed away. They want friendship, reassurance, support, and strength to cope with their emotional heartache and loss. Is there life after death? What is the soul? What is the spirit? Can we talk to our dead loved ones? And if so, should we? This study guide uncovers the mysteries of life after death. It reveals why a correct understanding of the subject is so vital to your future. So our first question in our study is, what role will the supernatural play in the end time events? We actually find this answer in Revelation chapter 16, verse 14. And the Bible says, For they are spirits of demons, performing signs, 
which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them for the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Bible prophecy predicts demons will work supernatural miracles to deceive the world. These miracles will include false Christs and false prophets. That's found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. This means that billions could be deceived by the devil and his demons impersonating past spiritual leaders. Can you imagine what would happen if Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Buddha, Gandhi, and the Virgin Mary mm. all reappeared on earth at once? Just imagine a united peace plan for a world ravaged by natural disasters and terrorism. How easily the nations and religions of the world could be influenced to sacrifice truth in order to form a one-world, new world order. Question 2. By what method should we test supernatural phenomena? In Isaiah 8, verse 19 and 20, it says, And when they say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Instead of seeking mediums and astrologers as spiritual guides, the Bible suggests we seek guidance from the Creator God. After all, He is the only one who truly knows the future. That is found in Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. There is a clear benchmark for testing the supernatural, the law and the testimony. It is this word that is a path to seek God's guidance. If we want to ensure evil spirits do not deceive us, then the Bible, law and testimony, is God's source of protection and truth. Mm, amen. And you know, one of the devil's most effective weapons in removing trust in the Bible is to influence senses and feelings. Visiting a medium can touch the heart. Issues such as relationships and successful future, grief and loneliness are discussed it seems natural at times for emotions to overrule the rational. You may even see, hear, or touch someone who you thought was lost to you forever. The deception of the last days will challenge our faith in God and His Word. Now is the time to exercise that faith by testing everything in life by the Bible. Question 3 in our study says, Does God give any warnings about consulting the dead? We can find this answer in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 to 12. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. God makes repeated warnings to his people to stay away from an association with mediums and contacting familiar spirits. This is found in Leviticus 19.31. Yeah, and these familiar spirits include those people you have known and loved for many years but are now dead. It is understandable why people want to contact their loved ones. Just a word of encouragement and love brings comfort and hope to people who are hurting. So why is God so definite in his opposition to consulting with the dead? If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP17 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 17, Life After Death. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Ellie Holcomb with Anchor My Hope. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good 
faithful provider and giver of life, source of all power and love. Table and Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on the study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for the Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are in study number 17 and at question 4. Question number 4 in our study. Is it possible for the dead to talk to you? Well, we find this answer in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 5. And the Bible says, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. The Bible is clear. It is impossible for a dead person to talk to you. The dead know nothing. Any contact with the dead is, in reality, contact with an evil spirit. That is why this practice is such an abomination to the Lord. 
The original medium was a serpent in the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve that disobedience would cause death. The devil spoke the first lie on earth through the serpent. You will not surely die, which is found in Genesis 3 verse 4. Since that time, the devil has made that lie a key teaching of virtually every unbiblical religion. The popular view today is that when someone dies, only the body dies, while the soul keeps living. This subject is extremely important to all. A view that is consistent with the devil's first lie will set people up for the grand deceptions of the last days. In the remainder of this study guide, we will discover what the Bible says about life after death. Question 5. How did God create human beings? Let's look at Genesis 2 verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. An understanding of death begins with an understanding of life. God miraculously formed humans out of the dust of the ground and the breath of life. The last word in this text, being, is translated in the King's James Version as soul. Being and soul can be used interchangeably. The Hebrew word for being, nefesh, is translated hundreds of times as soul throughout the Bible. The story of creation provides the best definition of soul in the Bible. Dust of the ground plus breath of life equals a living soul. The Bible says that you are a soul. God did not put a soul into Adam and Eve. He put the breath of life into them, and they became souls. At death, you cease to be a living soul. And you know, to illustrate, a light globe plus electricity equals light. If you disconnect the electrical plug, the light ceases to exist. The light doesn't travel back through the wires to the electricity company. It's simply not in existence. Take away the breath of God, and there is no soul. Another example would be the creation of a wooden box. If we had some boards and nails, we could take a hammer and drive the nails into those boards to make a box. We would then have three things instead of two. Remove the nails, and where does the box go? The box no longer exists. Once again, remove the breath of God and the soul ceases to exist. The Bible says that God saved eight souls in the ark. This is found in 1 Peter 3 verse 20. It is important to note that these were eight living people, not eight disembodied ghosts. Yeah, you're right. And you know, the ancient Greek philosophers taught the concept that humans possessed a soul. It was a conscious and immortal part of life that goes on living after death. But the Bible is clear. God made a living being, or soul, out of the dust of the ground and the breath of life. Question 6 for our study says, What happens when a person dies? We can find the answer in Ecclesiastes 12.7. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Every person who dies will decompose and become dust, while the Spirit of life returns to God. This process is the exact reverse of the story of creation. The soul ceases to exist when the body returns to the earth, and the spirit returns to heaven. There is no distinction between the good and the bad. This is the experience of everyone who dies. What is the spirit that returns to heaven? The spirit is not the same as the soul. The word spirit comes from the Hebrew word ruach, which simply means breath. In the New Testament, the word for spirit, the Greek word pneuma, which means breath or air, a number of words today have this word as their foundation. For example, pneumonia is a disease of the air-breathing lungs. A pneumatic tire is a tire that has air in it. The spirit that returns to heaven is not a ghost or a person. It is the breath of life. This spark of life is a gift from God and enables us to keep living. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP17 with no spaces to 04 888 For the PDF of today's study guide. 
Today, we are on Study's Guide 17, Life After Death. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Carly Fletcher with Do You Really Know Me? Like a picture that's been marked, distorted and defamed. Though the world can hardly see me, and I often get the blame. My name has been misused, given to things I'd never do. But the question remains, do you really know me? Do you really know me? Do you really understand how much I love you? And I will do everything I can to show you who Sort me for yourself Search for me and you will find That my arms are stretched so wide Full of love for you, my child I long for you to be With me for all eternity So the question remains Do you Do you really know me? Do you really understand how much I love you? And I will do everything I can to show you who I am. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you search with all your heart, Do you really know me? I came from heaven's throne And became a human man I came to show you God And who I really am I died for all to see Just how much you mean to me the question remains Do you really know me? Do you really know me? Do you really understand How much I love you? And I will do everything I will do everything I To show you who I am. 
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about life after death. We have seen that the Bible has said that we as humans are made up of two things, the breath of God and the dust of the ground, and when they are joined we become a living soul. We don't have a soul, we are a soul. So when we die our body goes back to dust and the breath of God goes back to Him. Therefore there is no more living soul. The Bible says the dead know nothing. That is why God gives repeated warnings about trying to contact the dead, because in reality people are contacting the devil and his angels. If you are just joining us or would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 17 at question 7. Question number 7. What happens to our emotions when we die? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 6 will give us our answer. And the Bible says, Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. At death, all emotions and feelings cease to exist. A dead person cannot comfort the living or return any love. An emotion-centered soul does not exist after death. All feelings are gone. Question 8. Can a soul die? Let's look at Ezekiel 18 verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Satan has been very successful in propagating his lie. You shall not surely die. Virtually all pagan religions across every continent and culture teach the concept of a soul that lives through physical death. The Bible alone stands out in opposition to the immortal soul. The Bible says the soul ceases to exist at death. All have sinned and therefore all souls must die. While the word soul and spirit are mentioned more than 1,700 times in the Bible, there is not one place that mentions an immortal soul. Question 9. Who is the only one who has immortality? Our answer can be found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. The King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality. There is only one being who has immortality, the everlasting God. God has been in existence throughout eternity and will continue as the God of the universe forever. We can have confidence in putting our trust in the one and only immortal God. Question 10 in our study says, Do good people go straight to heaven at death? We have two verses for this answer, but our first uh, verse is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 29 and verse 34. And the Bible says, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you for the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And verse 34 says, For David did not ascend into the heavens, The second passage of scripture that we're going to read for this question is found in Psalms 115, verse 17. And the Bible says, The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. God describes David as someone who is worthy of heaven, a man after my own heart, in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. In the book of Acts, the apostle Peter, some 1,000 years after the death of David, categorically states that David is not in heaven. David was and still is in his tomb, resting until the second coming of Jesus. Anyone who is in heaven would be praising the Lord. But the Bible says that the dead do not praise the Lord, which is found in Psalms 115 verse 17, 
all emotions and worship cease. Also, Jesus told his disciples they would be with him when he returned to earth, not as soon as they died, in John 14, verse 3. Very clearly, the righteous do not go straight to heaven. The dead rest in their graves until Jesus comes back. Question 11. Does the Bible teach reincarnation? Let's take a look at Hebrews 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. A research study by Monash University on Australian Generation Y found more than half of Australian young people believe in reincarnation. The Bible says that each of us dies once. Yeah, and we do not live and die over and over again. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, 04888808831. That's 04888808831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Lauren Daigle with How Great Thou Art. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works I hand have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy path throughout the universe display. And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble
Welcome back to Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about life after death. We have learned that only God has immortality, and we read in Acts chapter 2 that King David, a man after God's own heart, is in his tomb and not in heaven. We also read the words of King David in Psalms 115 verse 17, saying that the dead do not praise the Lord. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 17 and at question number 12. Question 12. What did Jesus call death? We can find our answer in John 11, verses 11 to 14. He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. When Jesus talked about the death of Lazarus, he referred to it as sleep. Lazarus was not in heaven. He was in his tomb, sleeping in death. Yeah, you're right, because Jesus said, come forth, not come down, in John chapter 11, verse 43. Imagine how unfair it would be if Lazarus was enjoying life in heaven, only to have Jesus pull him out of there and live his life back here on earth. More than 50 times in the Bible, death is called asleep. People close their eyes in death, and the next thing they know, Jesus has returned. They are reunited with their loved ones, and they are on their way to heaven. Question 13. Did Jesus tell the thief on the cross he would go to heaven the day he died? Let's have a look at the passage in Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when we come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It appears as if Jesus promised the thief a life in heaven starting the day he died. Certainly, many Christians use this text to support such a view. What is important to realize when looking at this text is the punctuation. In the original Greek manuscripts, there was no full stops or commas in the sentences. As a result, the translators placed the punctuation where they thought it made the most sense. In the case of the words of Jesus, the context clearly shows that the comma must be placed after the word today instead of after you. The statement of Jesus would then read, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. We know with certainty that the thief was not in heaven on that good Friday, because he did not even die on that day. The soldiers broke his legs late that afternoon, because he had not yet died. Secondly, Jesus also did not go to heaven that day. After his resurrection, Jesus told Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. How could he be in heaven on Friday if he had not been there by the following Sunday? If the comma is left in the position of the translators, it creates a blatant contradiction within Scripture. Many modern translations have fixed this contradiction by using correct punctuation. The thief on the cross will be in heaven, but not until he is raised at the second coming of Jesus. Question 14. What happens to the righteous dead at the second coming of Jesus? We will now look at two passages of Scripture. Firstly, John five twenty-eight and 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice, and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And the second passage of scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 15 to 17. For this we say to you, 
By the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. The hope for the Christian is not death, but the resurrection. Death is not something to fear because Jesus has the keys to the grave, which is found in Revelation 1 verse 18. He will open your grave at the resurrection and you will rise to meet him in the air. The concept of going to heaven when we die makes a mockery of two of the most important truths in the scriptures. The second coming would be pointless and the resurrection would become even more pointless. Jesus said that he will return the second time with a reward for everyone according to their works. That's found in Matthew 16 verse 27. This would be a strange scenario if the righteous were already enjoying their reward in heaven. The Bible truth about the condition of the dead is wonderful news. Can you imagine if a baby died and went to a new place all alone without the mother and father? Can you imagine how sad it would be to be in heaven and look down on your loved ones hurting and being lonely? No, that is not the way the Bible portrays death. The Bible says that we rest in the grave sleeping. Then, what seems like the next instant, Jesus has returned. From that moment, we will live with Jesus and our loved ones in a place where there will be no more sin and sadness. Question 15. What sort of body will be given to the righteous at the second coming? We can find our answer in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51-54. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. More good news. At the resurrection, you will receive a new body. We will get a new life that is perfect, both physically and spiritually. A life that will never die. Some people wonder what God will do with those whose bodies have been torn apart by a bomb, who were lost at sea or cremated. If God can make humans out of dirt and his breath, then there is no need to worry about putting someone's life back together again. God will give us all new bodies and we will live forever. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number on your phone, 04888-80831. That's 04888-80831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Alan Jackson with Oh How I Love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word that sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. Tells me of a Savior's love Who died to set me free It tells me of His precious blood The sinner's perfect plea Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus 
first loved me Tells of one whose loving heart can fill my deepest woe, who in its sorrow bears a part none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus! Oh, how I love Jesus! Oh, how I love Jesus! Because He first loved me. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been studying about life after death. We have seen from the Bible that we humans were created from the dust of the earth and the breath of God. The Bible calls us a living soul. When we die, the breath of God goes back to Him and our bodies go back to dust. Therefore, no more soul. The Bible also showed that the dead know nothing and that the dead do not praise the Lord. And when we die, we sleep. We saw this example with the story of Lazarus. We also saw how the Bible talks of a day when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What a day that will be. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So we're at the three points to remember part of our study. And the three points that sum up our study today are a soul is a living being. Souls live and die. At death, people return to the dust of the ground while the spirit of life returns to God. And number three, the hope for the Christian is the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus. So girls, we've gone through our study. Do you think these three points are the three points that we should really be taking from this study? Yes, I believe these points are very important to remember, especially as Christians, so that we aren't scared to die or for mm-hmm. the future, knowing that we are safe in Christ and that we are going to all go to heaven one day. Amen. That's really good. Jess, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that we are our soul, and we when we die, it dies too. Yeah, you're right, and to understand that we are the soul, like we don't have a soul, we are the soul, um, is very important to understand from this study. And I think too, the promise at the end where we talked about the second coming and the resurrection is just going to be an absolute amazing day to be able to see all our loved ones again. Absolutely, yeah. So this reminds me of a story. Matthew was having pains in his abdomen, so the doctor ordered medical tests that required a general anesthetic. Matthew was very sensitive to the proceedings because he feared waking up during the operation. At the point where Matthew felt he was going under, he shouted at the nurse, Don't stop the operation yet. I'm not fully out to it. When the nurses told Matthew the operation had already taken place, he was shocked. As he pondered the situation, the thought crossed his mind that this experience must be like death. You don't even realize you have been asleep, and the next thing you realize, you are taking part in the resurrection. 
So why do you guys think this Bible concept of death is such good news? I think it's a really uh, good analogy because I've had a number of operations as well and been in that same situation where you're like, okay, we're going in for the operation and then the next minute you're waking up and it's done. And, you know, I think one of my operations was around four hours long and it went like a second. Wow. You know, and that's really what the Bible is trying to explain about death is that, you know, there is nothing, but it happens so quickly. Once we die, we close our eyes, we're asleep, and the next thing we know, Jesus is coming. Um, there's, yeah, nothing else, and it's a very good picture of what actually happens. I think a lot of us also fear the unknown, and mm-hmm. death is something that a lot of people perceive as unknown. But having that concept of it being like sleep really, I guess, calms like your worries about death because like it's something we've all experienced. Everyone's like slept before. <laughs> so yep. like you get to know like it's okay. Like there's something afterwards like and it's mm. quick. It's not like it's gonna be forever. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. long. So Jess, you talked about the fear of death. Like are you fearful of dying? Why or why not? Um, definitely thinking about it when I was younger I definitely was. Just mm. the thought of death, like the pain that goes with it, mm-hmm. it, it was terrifying. But I think as I've grown up and as I've read scripture more, I've come to know that it's not as scary as the world perceives it. Like it's, yeah, there's something after it. it's not the end. Yep. Yeah. Cassie? Yeah. Like going along with that, definitely as a kid, when your parents are reading you bits of revelation, you're like, oh, I don't want to die. <laughs> like what if I'm not ready or stuff like that. But yep. the good thing to know is that if you believe in Jesus, you'll, you can always be ready. Yeah, for sure. And that takes that fear away because, you know, hey, if I die, I know where I'm going. Exactly. You know, I had a near-death experience nearly four years ago where I was being electrocuted and I actually thought I was going to die and I was at peace with it. You know, I'm like, hey, Jesus, see you soon. Like yeah, I just knew so where cool. I was going. And, you know, being electrocuted wasn't a great way to go and I didn't go, thankfully. Um, but I think sometimes people fear the way they'll go, not so much about dying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the death itself, I don't think that it needs to be feared at no, all. No, no. So, girls, something else to, to think about here. Why do you think the subject of what happens at death is important from God's perspective? I think it's important from God's perspective because the more people that know about the truth behind death and how it actually works, the more peace they can have in their life mm. and less fear of death. Plus, they can also know for themselves where they're going as well. Yeah, you're right. That's that's an awesome point. And I I think that from God's perspective, it's understanding the truth. Like there's so many different lies out there that Satan has spread. And God wants us to know the truth. And yeah. so understanding this topic, although some people might find it daunting or unknown, they don't know about it, but God really wants us to know, know what happens. And understanding the concept of death is understanding the concept of creation and how God put us together as well. So I think that's very important to understand. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important from God's perspective because us knowing that after death, he's going to come again Mm. and like he'll be there. And Yeah, it's like going, hey, death is not scary because as soon as it happens, you'll see me. I'm there on the other end of it. Yeah, it's comforting. It is. It's very comforting. Now, like all our studies, we have a response question because when we study the Bible, the Bible always calls us to respond to something, to make a decision. Um, And today's response question says, 
The Bible says that death is a sleep. If you should die before Jesus returns, is it your desire to be in the resurrection of eternal life? 100%. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Me too. I'd like to say yes to that because that's going to be such an awesome day when we get to see our loved ones again and meet Jesus in the air. It's going to be a great, great day. Well, that brings us to the end of our study today. Thank you, Cassie and Jess, for joining me in the study and the show today. I'm really glad that you're able to be here. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Definitely. Thank you, Luke. You're that's welcome. So um, and so, Jess, would you like to close our study in prayer? Yeah, of course. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share on Faith FM today. I pray that everyone's been able to learn something from the study today and that we've been given peace about death and that when you come again, that your face will be the first one we see. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As James always used to say, are you hungry for today's free offer? It has come to the time in the show to give the code word for today's free offer. Today we have a book titled Beyond Death's Door. Death is a part of life. People have been trying to comprehend death for millennia. Nearly every culture known to humanity has put forth some theory of what happens to a person after life. But who knows what really happens? Not one of us alive today has experienced death firsthand, although the Bible has much to say on the subject of death. There are several conflicting views of the afterlife. Which one is actually biblical? And which views does science support? Beyond Death's Door examines the Bible and science for the truth about the afterlife and discovers that one of the first lies told to humanity has been taught as gospel truth for thousands of years. If you would like this book, then you need the code, hashtag TE29. Text that code to 04888880831, and our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we will get this book to you as soon as we can. We only have 10 to give away, so text it now. The code again is hashtag TE29. Text that code to 04888880831 to get your free copy of the book Beyond Death's Door. Our next study is called Where on Earth is Hell? You've probably heard people talk about hell, but do you really know what it is or what it means? You may have heard all sorts of different ideas about why there is a hell, where hell is, when will it occur, and you may have even heard someone say that sinner would suffer and burn in hell forever. Is what you believe about hell found in the Bible or man-made? Join us next week as we explore the Bible to see what it says about the fires of hell. What the Bible says may shock you. See you then. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.